0: So welcome, everybody that's joining us. Welcome those that are joining online. My name is Pastor Jeff. I am the pastor of Home Church. We're so glad you could be part of our service today on this rainy Sunday, June 5th. Can you believe we're in the month of June? My wife and I, Lisa, just got back from a 12 day vacation in North Carolina, and it was amazing. So, thank you for praying for us during that time, but also want to thank Steve Reed for ministering to us a couple weeks ago, and then also uh, Pastor Jeff for ministering last Sunday. I heard it was a great couple of services. And now I'm back, and I think I'm refreshed and ready to go, (laughs) beginning a brand new series for the month of June. Let me tell you something, coming back into Tulsa and understanding how Where we were six months ago, and where we are today, things have changed so fast. But have they really? When the fall of man happened with Adam and Eve, sin came into this world. And I believe what we're seeing now is it just kind of surfacing to the surface, literally. We're seeing it more openly. And it's starting to, to exemplify itself in these acts of violence that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, last few months, going all the way back to the war in Ukraine, which has been about 100 days long. It's amazing to me to see how this world is just going crazy. But what I want to encourage you with is the fact that Jesus makes all Things new. He makes all things new. During the Last Supper, he said something very important. Of course, everything he said was very important, but the one thing he said that I want to hold on to today is, is simply this. He goes, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, then I would not tell you. And see, for me, as I think all of us can, can attest to this, we've all been through things, right? Some of us are all going through things right now. Forget about what's going on in the world. What about our own little world, right? Our own life that we live in and, and the things that are coming at us. And, and like, like I said months ago, I told you all, not that I'm some predictor of what's gonna happen in the future, but eventually these things that are going on in the world are gonna trickle its way down to us individually. We could see that now. Every time we go into a come and go or a quick trip, you're seeing it at the pump, right? Which, that's, that's a, 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 a ripple effect in everything. Decisions that we have to make as families, decisions that we have to make individually for our financial well-being, things we need to buy, things that we need to do, medical care that we need. Everything's being affected by something like, like, a, like gas to fill our tank. And inflation, and, and this affects everything, right? And, and what, what boggles my mind is it just seems like even us as Christians, we seem to be lulled in this sense of depression because of everything that's happening. Am I speaking to anybody today? Not that we're depressed, but it's just like you can feel this heaviness and this weight. And, and the thing that came to me as I've been meditating on this and praying about it and even trying to think about it over my vacation time is that Jesus makes all things new. So what is it we focus on? As, as we are moving into darker times, listen, I'm not being here to discourage you. It's just what the Bible says. These birth pains, these groanings that the world is going through right now as we get closer to his second coming. Okay, it's, it's gonna happen. And so it, this is just... Where we're at as the church, this is where we should be more excited because we're now the church and we're in this age, these last days, and, and here we are, and we're moving forward into this uncertain season, this uncertain future. The only thing that's certain is that Jesus is coming back, but everything else is just really kind of crazy right now, and the thing that I want you to hold on to and what I'm going to talk about today is, 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 is the new kingdom that's coming, the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem that's coming. And some of you might say, well, I don't want to focus on that because that means I'm dead and it means I'm in heaven, but, but it's okay to focus on that. It's okay to make that something that you can meditate on because as we're moving into this uncertain season, that is what gives me comfort, is knowing that this life I live now ain't the end. It's this life I live now has nothing compared to the glory that God is going to reveal to us in His coming kingdom. So, I started thinking about everything that I've been preaching to you guys this past year. I I cannot believe it's already halfway through 2022. We we learned that that Jesus today still does extraordinary things. He still does miracles, signs, and wonders. And what we learned is that He does them through us, the ordinary people. Me, all of you, we're ordinary people. Okay? We're all sinners that needed Jesus to save us from our sin. Yet he somehow he has decided to choose us to do miracle signs and wonders. He has chosen us to work through us to encourage people, to pray for people, to lay hands on the sick. We've learned that he wants us to come home to him. Maybe there's some of you in here today that have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He is saying, come home to me. And when you do so, I want you to come as you are. Forget about what religion says. Forget about what maybe you've heard at other churches that somehow you have to be perfect and clean. Gotta quit your boozing, gotta quit your lusting. gotta quit your drug taking. Whatever it is you're doing, you gotta quit it before you can come to him. No, he's saying, I need you to come as you are. Because this life, this ain't it. Come as you are. And then we learned just recently that Jesus is king, he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. And despite the fact that he is king of kings, that he is God, he is approachable. Again, another thing that we need to debunk through religion. Somehow, he is unapproachable. Why would he want to have anything to do with me? This speck of flesh that's roaming around in this world. No, he's approachable. Not just approachable, but he is our friend. That if you are in Christ, you're no longer a servant, but now a friend. And what is the foundation of all of this? Is that Somehow, and this is so crazy in our own human thinking, that even before we existed, God had a plan. And that plan was for Jesus to come, to die, to raise from the dead, to be resurrected and alive and seated right now at the right hand of the Father as He is seated to do something that He is doing right now, and that is to make our new home, that His plan is to make all things new. And so, what does he do? The first thing he does is send Jesus to die and be resurrected so that we as people can be released from our sin debt if we simply would put our faith and trust in him so that we would be a new creation. Hello, how many of you are in here right now are a new creation in Christ? Let me see your hand. Where we are marked by the Holy Spirit, that we are marked for salvation, that death will no longer have a hold on us. That we now have a place in heaven with Him for all eternity. That new creation. But then He promises us that it's not just us He's making new, but eventually this earth that we're on now, even the heavens will be made new. So here we are, the new creation that has to be made new so that we can live with Him all eternity in heaven. We're in this place between the new creation and our new coming home. We're in this in-between place. So what are we going to do when everything around us is crashing down? Are we going to focus on what's in front of us? Are we going to focus on the pain and the suffering and the bad news that's on the TV every day? Are we going to focus on that? Or are we going to focus on the fact that Jesus is making all things new. And what gets me through, what gets me through all this stuff, what gets me through the news alerts that there was a shooting at St. Francis in Tulsa, what gets me through the fact that there's a war raging right now that has much more bigger implications than just a little country called Ukraine, what gets me through all of that and the challenges of having to lead you, the church, home church that is, is the fact that I perceive that he is doing new things. If you turn to Isaiah chapter 43, this is a very familiar verse. In verse 19, Isaiah prophesies, this is God speaking through him, says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? What is going on in this world? What is going on in my own world? To the fact that it's starting to cloud my perception. We've got to break through that. We need to perceive the fact that even though we can't see it, God is doing a new thing. God is moving. And we need to get on board that train that is moving. He says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, when we perceive that God is doing a new thing, then all of a sudden, God makes a way. We see that there is a way. We see that, that with even in the wilderness, God makes a way. We see that even in a place where there is no life, that God brings life. That is the rivers in the desert. This perception, this perception changes everything because perception is perfect. How were me perceiving that Jesus is doing something new, me perceiving and knowing and understanding and anticipating that my new home, that our new home, heaven, is coming, should give us the power to keep on moving in this life. So with that, I want to pray. Father, I thank you. For everybody that's here and watching online, I just ask right now that the words that I speak this morning be the words that you want me to speak. I'm asking to help people to put aside what they perceive now in the natural, to put on the faith and the perception of what you're doing that we cannot see, so that we have the confidence and the ability to continue to move forward in all that you've called us to do, Father. I ask that right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. So last year, I bought a new car. And it is the first new car I've had in 17 years. Yeah, I know, wow. Well, hey, the Pippus family likes to drive a car and drive it until the wheels fall off, or we have kids and we give our cars away. So, yeah. So it's... Having a new car and and, and going through that process, and I know we got a couple of people in here that are car salesmen, so forgive me for what I'm about to say, but let's just be honest. Buying a new car is not a fun experience. I don't care what you say. It's not a fun experience. But that perception of getting that new car, the perception of the new car smell, the new bells and whistles, right? I mean, 17 years, there's a lot of technological advances that have happened in the last 17 years, okay? So I'm in a car right now, and I'm in a Volkswagen. I love a Volkswagen. I just love my Volkswagen. But I love the car. It is so awesome. And that new car smell is still barely there. But it's slowly fading away. And, and knowing that I was going to get this new car, it, it, it caused me to do things that I don't normally do. So one of the things is having to talk it over with Lisa. Hey, Lisa, obviously we need a new car. We're giving our cars away to our kids. We're not going to have one to drive around. We got to have a car. And that conversation alone is just, it's heavy because now we got to take on an additional financial burden, you know, and not all of us can go out and just throw cash down and pay for a car right off the bat. So we had to go through the process of talking about it, praying about it. And then this thing called COVID hits. And so with COVID, Cars were not very much abundantly out there. And cars began to be more expensive because supply and demand, there was not a whole lot of supply, but there was still the same demand. And so the prices were going up. And used cars were just as expensive, and in some cases, more expensive than new cars. And so you're just like, what are we going to do? And so this was starting to happen. All the analysts were saying this was going to happen. And I looked at Lisa and said, we got to buy this thing right now and we weren't really ready for it. So we decided to call our bank, get a loan, go through that process, another thing that we really don't like to do. And then once all that was situated and we did our car research and what we wanted to buy, then we had to call the dealership. And in those days, because of COVID, we didn't go into the dealership to do face-to-face dealing, we did it over the phone and through text messages. And so I'm texting and calling somebody I don't even know, who all I know they're interested in is just getting my money. But the new car, (laughs) I was willing to do all of that, do things I don't normally do, do things that I really don't like to do, because all I could think about was driving that new car. New changes everything. The perception, the anticipation of new changes everything. You and I, being a new creation in Christ, should change our lives. When was the last time you thought about what Jesus has done in you the day that you received him as your Lord and Savior? When was the last time you perceived the fact that the spirit of the living God lives and resides in you? New changes everything. It is almost like my mind has to be retrained. It is so easy, even as believers, to walk through this thing called life and just react and see and receive what the world is dishing out. And what God wants to tell you today is I want you to realign your thinking. I want you to take your perception of what you see and turn it on its head and perceive what you don't see. And these are the things that I have promised you. The fact that you are a new creation that I've designed so that you can be with me for all eternity in the new kingdom that is coming. So new changes everything. You get a new job, what happens? Right, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I got a new job, so now I gotta get new clothes? And you start to perceive what's gonna happen. You start to anticipate the fact you're gonna have new colleagues to work with. Like Justin, Justin hasn't worked with us at all. So he is, I, I'm sure he's got new clothes. I don't know. But he's perceiving the fact that I got this new job, and I got things that I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to change my routine. I'm going to have to change my schedule. I'm going to have to change what I do. I'm going to have new responsibilities. And so he's pretty excited about that. At least I hope he is. Yes. All right. New job changes everything, right? How about uh, those of you that are new parents? Huh, let me hear you. New Parent having a new child changes everything, and you prepare for that, right? You get the room ready for the baby. You start to understand that sleep is going to be a luxury for for a certain season. You get the baby clothes. You have showers, all this stuff. New changes everything. And that perception is so important because right now we are caught between being new in Jesus and waiting for the new kingdom that is coming. So what happens is my perception, that is faith, fuels my anticipation, which is joy. It's a symbiotic thing that I perceive that my home is heaven, and I am excited about that, that the life that I'm in now is not gonna be the same. And so it fuels my faith, and my faith fuels my joy. And now I understand what it means that when I'm suffering, when I'm going through something, when the world is crashing down around me, that the joy of the Lord is my strength. I start to get that. I'm understanding that now. Wait a minute, Jeff, you're a pastor and you're just now understanding that? Yeah, I'm starting to get it. And when I'm telling you, it's okay to think about the future. It's okay to think about the fact that you're going to be with God for all eternity in His presence. That if you were to go to Him right now, you would be burned up because you're in this body that you're not even going to have when you're in heaven. It's okay to think about the glory that's going to be revealed to us. It's okay to, to, to focus on the fact that this life is not but a vapor. It's okay. And I'm not saying to do it in a depressing way, well, my life is miserable, so I'm just going to look forward to the future. No, what I'm saying is that, that knowing of our new home and being with God in person should carry us forward. Because as we become a new creation, is the Holy Spirit nudges us lovingly, pushes us into being the new creation to receive Jesus then there's all of a sudden, at that point, there's this pull of all his promises, of his new plans for our life, of, of the new way of thinking that we should have as we read his word, this, this idea that he is pulling us towards something even greater than we know right now, something that we can't even comprehend. And my friends, that's what helps me to deal with the things that I go through in my life. And I'm hoping that helps you do the same. So, what I want to do today to start this series is I kind of want to bookend some things, all right? I want to start off with our new home and what we're going to look forward to, and then I want to end today with the fact that we are a new creation in Christ. And then for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about everything in between. So, let's start off with our new home. If you want to turn with me to Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 21, beginning in verse 1. So, this is John. John has been exiled to the isle of Patmos. And he receives this revelation from God. And this is what he saw. He said, then I saw a what? New heaven. And a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Everything we know now, everything we're experiencing now will be gone. The new heaven and the new earth is now here, and he even says that the sea was no more, and that makes me sad, because I love the ocean. I am a beach guy. I think I am, because North Carolina kind of made me a mountain guy, so, but I love the beach. I love the ocean. The the sea will be no more, but that's okay, (laughs) because a new heaven and a new earth is coming, and then I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 3 And I heard a loud voice from the throat saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Get that into your mind. Get that into your heart. The dwelling place of God is with us, man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And this is what I love about our new home. He said, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. There's your promise. Jesus saying that in the future, which for us is the future, but for God is the here and now. He is making all things new. And then he says, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. You can bank on it. Just like we talked about during Advent That Advent for that Christmas time, right? Advent was the excitement that Jesus was coming to be the Lord and Savior of us all. But then we can continue Advent into the anticipation of his second coming. That as he said here in Revelation chapter 21, to write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. We can bank on it. He has come already. We banked on that. Now we can bank on the fact that he is coming again. So how do we perceive, how do we perceive this coming kingdom, this thing that we just read about, the fact that God is going to dwell with us in this new kingdom? We perceive it by groaning, by groaning. How many of us like to groan? Come on, I know we love to groan. You all probably groaned when you got up this morning, and you heard this rain coming down like buckets. Oh, I got to go to church. Oh, I got to go to church. There is this groaning. But see, we as believers need to biblically groan a whole lot more. There is a biblical groaning. And it is pointed out several times in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you want to turn there, you can. Verse 2 through 4, I'm going to read this. For in this tent, this is our bodies that we have right now, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. That is the new resurrected body that Jesus has now that we're going to have. We're going to have this new dwelling, and we need to groan for it by longing for it. It's okay to groan for that. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked, for while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. This is mortal. Our resurrected bodies will be life eternal. We should groan for that. In other words, we should anticipate it, we should be excited about it. Romans chapter 8, verse 23 through 25, Paul writes, Man, how many of us have prayed, Jesus, come back right now, please. And Paul is saying, it's okay to groan for his return because when he comes back, it's going to be awesome for all of us that are in Christ. It's going to be awesome. But we've got to wait with it in patience. Groaning. Some of us, in here grown because our bodies don't work the way they used to. I had Jan Jackson ask me this morning, how old do you feel you are? And I said, 49. She said, well, I feel like I'm 12 years old. Well, praise God, Jan. (laughs) But I feel like I'm 49. My body body does not do what it used to do when I was 23 in the military. Ty, take notes. When I was in the military, man, my body did some amazing things. I don't do the same thing it did back then. And like I start to groan in the wrong way. I start to complain, God, why am I not the same kind of shape that I used to be in? And what he says, one day, oh, you will be. It's like, it's okay to take a look at your body and say it doesn't work the same way it used to, but I groan for that new body that I'm going to receive. Or how many of us in here are in pain? We're dealing with some health issue, right? And we groan about that. Well, turn that groaning into groaning for the day where, as Jesus said in Revelation chapter 21, there'll be a time where there'll be no more pain. Groan for that. Take that negative and turn it into positive. Take that negative and turn it into God's word. Well, How about that? The suffering that we see in this world. The things that we see on the news. When we start to groan about it. We'll take the groaning that you're groaning about, that suffering, and turn it on its head and start groaning about the thing that's coming, this new kingdom, where there's not going to be any more suffering. This is that groaning that Paul is talking about. It's okay to groan. And I think we need to do that more often. We need to remind ourselves. We need to look at the situation through natural eyes. We're not going to sit here and deny the fact that this this horrible thing happened. But then we can stop thinking about that and start meditating on the fact that Jesus makes all things new and start groaning for what he says it starts taking our, our hearts and our minds and laying it down on his promises and not what we see in the natural. The groaning is processing what is to come. We're processing what is to come. When I was deployed in the army, I was deployed in Saudi Arabia for five months. And that deployment was difficult for me and difficult for Lisa. We were just married not too long before that. So here I go, and Ty, take notes. You you will be deployed as a Marine, guarantee it. So that deployment was just, I was groaning the whole time. I didn't want to be there, but then there was this other groaning. And that groaning was the anticipation of me being reunited with Lisa. And as I flew home, I'll never forget it. I remember flying off off the tarmac and looking back through the window as, as Saudi Arabia was getting smaller and smaller, thinking, I am never coming back here, God willing. And then all of a sudden, my perception changed to the fact that within the next 10 to 15 hours, 15 hours, I think it was, I am going to be in the arms of my wife. So my groaning switched, became completely different. I couldn't wait to smell her perfume, to feel her embrace, and just to be back with her again. That's what I'm talking about. It's okay to groan because we need to groan more as believers. So we are now looking towards the future. We're looking towards the fact that Jesus is coming back and the fact that we have a new home with him where we will be in our dwelling place with God. So why, how is it that we can be there? And some of you might be in here asking that question. Like, what happens when I die? Where am I going to end up when the lights go out here? Are they going to stay out? Or is there something beyond this thing called life? And the answer is, yeah, absolutely there is. We just got through talking about that. So then the question becomes, and how can I make sure that I am part of that? Well, here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is the new creation. This is what God does in you when you receive Jesus. He said, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit lives inside you and guarantees you for this new creation kingdom that's coming. Guarantees you. Will not be taken away from you. It's yours. It belongs to you. A guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Receiving Jesus, we receive him by faith. We can't see him physically right now, So it requires us to walk by faith and not by sight. So yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Just like the earth, just like the heaven, just like The sea, old, has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We are caught between being the new creation and being at home with God for all eternity. We are in this thing called the in-between, or for a Stranger Things fan, the upside down. That's what I feel like. How on earth do the things that are happening right now be acceptable to man? They're crazy. Like, everything is opposite of what God wants. We literally are in the upside down. We're in this in-between period. It's almost like, God, why have you left us here? It's because He has a new purpose for us. He has a mission for us. He wants us to be able to tell other people about Jesus He wants us to lead them in becoming the new creation. He wants us to encourage him and let them know that, hey, this life is but a vapor and what's coming is gonna be amazing and you need to be a part of it. We have this new mission in the in-between. And so 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse nine explains what that is. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. This is our new purpose. Our new purpose is to please him. We please him by faith. We please him by going to somebody that's not in him and leading them to him whether it's directly or indirectly by asking them to come to church. My friends, I don't know how else to say it, but we've got to fill this place. And I am praying hard about what does that look like for this church. Because we've grown a little bit, but we are flat. And the world needs what God is doing in this church. And our aim, as we are in the upside down, in the in-between, is to please Him. We have a new purpose, and that next week is what I'm going to focus on. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We have to persuade other people about the truth of Jesus. Which means now, not only do I have a new purpose in my life, but I also have a new community. That my community, yeah, it's here in this church with other fellow believers, but I need to extend and open my community to those that don't know Jesus. To those that are not currently following him. I need to persuade others. It's going to cause me to be and spend time with people that I probably would not normally be with and spend time with. In other words, the perception of new is causing me to do things differently, is causing me to do things that I wouldn't normally do. We need to persuade others. So week three of this series will be about our new community and what that looks like. Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. This needs to influence what I've been talking about today is our thinking. That's the last week. Our thinking has to change. Our thinking about it's all about me. It's all about my future. It's all about my plans. It's all about what I want. Nobody can tell me what to do. It's all about me, it's me myself and I. That thinking needs to go away. Because if you are able to perceive the coming kingdom that's about to come and it's coming quickly, Jesus is coming back very soon. Then everything that has to do with you is pushed to the side. And now your your mentality is I am going to serve God, that I am going to persuade others. That's so important. And so, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 27, John writes, but nothing unclean will ever enter into it, that is, the new kingdom, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb's book of life. The big idea for today it's setting up my series is simply this. The anticipation of the new kingdom of God that's coming should drive us to do things we never thought we would do. To actually be the new creation wherever God plants us. My question for you today as I'm closing, are you able to think on that level? Are you caught up in your own life? Are you caught up in climbing the corporate ladder? Are you caught up in politics? God doesn't care about your promotion on the job. Now listen listen to me before you're all like, what, what do you mean? Listen to me. He doesn't care about whether you're Republican or Democrat. He doesn't care about the things that we put such high value on. What he cares about is you. He cares about you. He looks at people, and everyone is on that playing field. And everybody, he says that I am no respecter of persons. If you want to come to Jesus, you can. You want to serve him? You can. It's so important that our thinking goes beyond what we think in the natural because his ways are higher than ours and his his thoughts are way higher than ours. What I'm asking you to do and what I think this church is all about is us sacrificially putting ourselves aside and have a different level of thinking. It's not about the lights. It's not about the volume. It's not about the awesome praise and worship. It's not about even the awesome message if you thought this was awesome that Pastor Jeff preached. It's about are you effective for the kingdom of God? Are we bringing more people in because the time is short? Are we going to allow the things of this world to keep us from moving forward into what God wants? And these are heavy words. And this is the beginning of summer and I want us to be excited about summer and be happy about summer and believe me the next three weeks will be a lot more happier than what it is today. But I promise you, The focus has to be on whether or not I am bearing fruit for the kingdom. And that's what he's impressing upon me as a pastor of a church. And that's what I believe he's impressing upon you. Is your name written in the Lamb book of life?